Hey Hawks fans, Luke Bruce here. CJ here. Jarman here. If you love the Hawks, then you need to be connected to the Hawks Insiders. It's got all the latest news, match recaps, interviews and specialised content written by the Hawks fans for the Hawks fans. Make sure you subscribe. Get your daily dose of Hawthorne content into your inbox. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Here from Jarman MP for the Insiders. here we've got a special podcast we're recording straight after our friday morning slash afternoon practice match against the western bulldogs i'm joined here by brad klebanski brad you have been at the game uh, at the witten oval i guess let's start off with just your just your general feeling um in terms of the game itself Look, we say hello, Hi Hawks Insiders. It was great to be at the Wooden Oval. It was probably close to, I'd say, just over 1,500 there, so great crowd. Mickey Cowan, friend of Hawks Insiders I sat with. It was a practice game, so let's taper our expectations. It's not panic stations yet. The signs, look, weren't great, but I think the football we played in the second quarter in particular was really positive. The young players played incredibly well. Henry Husswade, Cam McKenzie, who we're going to touch on. Massimo D'Ambrosio, as I've mentioned previously, I thought was one of our top five best players today. So overall, the biggest positive, no injuries. Marbio Chol did go down late in the second quarter with what looked to be a wrist or a shoulder. I think he popped out his shoulder, but he returned and presented well in the second half. So overall, I'd say it was a positive day out for the side. Yeah, it was good in the third quarter, and I think uh, based on what happened last week, ask any supporter what the best outcome from this game would have been, and it was purely no one get injured. Why do we have to play? Let's not let's not get any more injuries to the growing list. And I think as well, um, at quarter time, it was doom and gloom. Uh, we looked all over the place. You were there, so knew that we were kicking into a big win. But when you're seven goals down or six six to two behind, six six to two behind, something like that, after one quarter of footy in the preseason, uh, it can get pretty negative pretty quickly. But they did a really good job just to chip away in the second term. Absolutely, the wind was really strong. It looked like being there was a good four to six goal uh, breeze, but. Being a young side, they could have dropped their heads at the start of the second quarter, but I think Sam made a, f- a few changes. He put our more experienced and senior players on ball in Newcomb, uh, Nash, Warpool, and we started to win the centre clearances, which makes a huge difference. I tweeted during uh, the game, which I think is going to be a big problem in season 24. If our midfield gets comprehensively uh, beaten, as they did in the third quarter, the back line are in for a world of pain because today we had what was probably going to be our, uh, you know, starting back six or seven. Uh, Amon will obviously come into the team. Jai Sarong played pretty well. Cicely Scrimshaw was probably our best star defender. I don't know if you thought uh, the same. We see he played more of a key position role, but he still gives a lot of run out of the back line and his kick is really, really good. He's got a great left foot. So the back line stood up you know, pretty well. But unfortunately for them, when the midfield got beaten, they leaked a lot of goals. And the Bulldogs small forwards, who aren't great, got on top in the third quarter. There are going to be calls for Blake Hardwick to go back into defence. And I know he moved back there in the last quarter. 
But once again, he was our best forward today. Kicked three goals in the first half. Looked really, really strong. Took some great marks. He presents really well, and he looks like he knows the forward craft. He leads to the right uh, position. So he's going to start the season as a forward. He's not going to go back. So our supporters need to get their heads around the fact that Blake Hardwick's going to be a forward at least to start the season. And that clearly still divides uh, opinion based on the comments throughout the game on social media, on X in particular. Let's just start on the midfield. Um, specifically, I thought James Warple had a really wonderful first quarter, faded out. Um, John Newcomb was probably our pick of the mids in the second quarter, um, but was inconsistent across the game. It was probably two of our young kids in Cam McKenzie and Henry Hustwaite who, from an overall game point of view uh, impressed the most? Absolutely. Both of those were two of our best young players for the game. Husswaite, uh, I think in the first half, looked pretty good. Cam McKenzie played a range of our positions, which I think is quite important because he's such a classy player. He spent time on ball. I did see him on the wing a bit. He actually played a bit of um, half forward. And then I think in the second quarter, he spent a bit of time across half back. He's really classy and a quality player. Husswaite, we've spoken about, he doesn't have the pace, but his vision and his footy smarts, he's really good. And he also uh, kicked a goal. So he has he's coming to the side, and we saw last year when he played against Melbourne, he kicked two goals on uh, debut. One Kicked to number two today. Yeah, he did. So one thing our midfield has lacked in the last probably three to four years, even during the O'Meara and uh, the Mitchell days, our midfielders don't kick goals. John Newcomb spent a bit of time forward as well today, but he's not a big uh, goal kicker. Husswaite, because of his size, I think he's 195 centimetres, will have the capability to drift forward and uh, take a mark, and he's got a great left foot. His kick for goals are really good. So... Mackenzie and uh, Husswaite, I thought Ward was pretty good. Uh, with Ward, he gets quite a bit of the ball. He's got a nice left foot, but you don't uh, notice him as much as uh, Mackenzie and uh, Husswaite. But I think, in my opinion, all three should play and hopefully do play uh, round one. I think Finn came on in the second half and actually went and ta- tried to tag uh, Riley Sanders, who the Bulldogs have got an absolute beauty. That kid's going to be... An absolute superstar. I reckon he'll be top three in the Rising Star uh, this year. But Finn actually tagged him in the third quarter. So, um, and Finn's disposal wasn't great uh, today. So, looking at ahead to round one, you can't play all of Ward, McKenzie, Husswaite, and Finn. Probably only three of them can play, and I think. Uh, Finn's going to be the one that won't play, which is going to be interesting because I've spoken about this. If Zach Merritt has 35 possessions, Hawthorne aren't winning that game. So they're going to have to go head-to-head. Connor Nash might be one that might have to uh, go uh, head-to-head with Zach Merritt in round one. Well, you'd think looking at uh, some of the uh, skill today and some of the disposal of the footy together with um, the injury list that will go in as massive, massive underdogs against the Bombers in round one, but a very winnable game. Just one other question in terms of um, not necessarily pure mids, but it seemed as though we were looking at there's a spot up for grabs for either Harry Morrison or Massimo D'Ambrosio, and you mentioned earlier, I, I thought D'Ambrosio was fantastic. His um, his disposal of the footy when a lot of others were missing targets and his decision-making was outstanding, and uh, personally, I think he's now a lock on a wing in round one, and, and Harry did a few Harry things today that make me think he'll be starting in the Magoos. 
Yeah, Massimo was definitely the pick of the two. He actually started across halfback. He was part of the back six to start. Obviously, uh, Amon didn't play today, so I'd say he was playing that role. He took a few uh, kickouts as well for those fantasy and super coach players out there. But he predominantly played on a wing and was definitely the pick of you know uh, the wingman today. Ward spent a lot of time on the wing, which was surprising. I thought he'd play more in, uh, inside mid, but definitely didn't. But Massimo's got a great left foot. He's very left uh, 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 dominant, which is fine. But for our forwards in Lewis and Chol in particular, uh, they're going to need players that can dispose of the ball really well. And Massimo's that player. So, yeah, I think we'll see Ward and Massimo on the wings. I think Harry will probably be our sub for the first round. Um, Sam seems to rate him as a player. He can come on and obviously play wing float across halfback as well. So I think that's the way they'll go. I think, yeah, Massimo and uh, Josh Ward will be our starting wingman for round one. And then we'll move to the forward line because you talked about the delivery there. Um, Pretty much a dog's breakfast. Mitch Lewis, great in the first half of the first quarter, um, faded out for the next quarter and a half before being benched for the rest of the game or or rested for the rest of the game from halftime. Marbior didn't do much until the third quarter and had a pretty good third term. Glimpses from um, from the Wizard, not much from Jack Gunston. Probably the shining light today was the absolute class of Jack Ginnivan. He, he actually looked a cut above and if we can get in his hand, uh, hands a little bit more often, uh, he'll, he'll clearly do good things. He was probably the exception to what was a bit of a, like I said, dog's breakfast up forward. Yeah, the forward line today, unfortunately, didn't work too uh, well. The midfield, I thought, got beaten, which was a key uh, reason why. The disposal as well, often at times, was incredibly poor. So you had a feel for Lewis and Chol. I thought Chol presented really well. He probably could have kicked three or four goals today. He missed a couple of set shots, a couple of snaps as well. As you mentioned, uh, Ginevan played really well. What surprised me was how fit he looks. He worked his way up uh, the ground, you know, was getting a lot of ball across the half-back line. Hardwick, as we've touched on, you know, kicked three goals and was really, really good. But uh, the Wizard was really, really quiet. And I think our supporters are going to have to get used to that this year. we got to, like, I think we forget he's a kid. He's a first-year player. He's really small. And he's going to be an impact player. So he's going to get no more than six to eight uh, possessions a game but if he can kick a goal set up a couple of goals that'll be him playing his uh role uh really well i still i've spoken about this on uh when we had our uh safe space on wednesday night lewis and Chol are going to take time they struggling big time at the moment to work as a combination they are uh, mixing it up one's playing as a center half forward the other one's playing closer to goal than they switching. I think Chol's outperformed uh, Lewis this preseason. Um, so I think those that were calling that, you know, if Mitch Lewis plays a full season, he's going to win the Coleman. He's not going to win the Coleman medal this year because I feel he's going to be playing more as the centre-half forward this year. So those two need to still work, work on their combination. Gunston, as he touched on, was quiet. He still did a few classy things, took a nice mark in the, you know, in the second quarter. Um, but, I think the forward six, you know, which we've spoken about, I think it's going to be the two talls. Gunston will play that probably third tall, and then we'll obviously have the small forwards. Dylan Moore, I saw him uh, today. He doesn't. He still doesn't look great, in my opinion. I don't think he's definitely not going to play round one. 
with Glandula. So I think they'll go in with um, Bruce, who didn't play today, was rested. It'll be Bruce, uh, Ginevin, uh, Watson as the three small forwards. Um, and then Lewis, Choll, and Gunston as well. Connor McDonald spent a lot more time deeper forward today. And Hardwick. And Hardwick, obviously, as well. So that'll be the seven forwards. Um, Connor McDonald's the one that I think, if Bruce comes back, will hopefully push more up the ground and play the Dylan Moore role whilst Dylan Moore's out of the side. Yeah, I think it was tough for him having to play uh, closer to goals. And when he did push up, he seemed to get a little bit more of it. But his class and polish that we've talked about all pre-season was on display. Looking at the back line quickly, um, I think the key takeaways for me, Sam Frost, when he played, did a very, very good job, um, which, again, fills uh, fills me with a bit of confidence that he's going to hold that full-back position down. I thought Scrimshaw was far and away um, our best defender and, and his run and carry was great. He's got the confidence back. I thought Jarman Impey in the first half was solid and looked really good as well. And then the only question mark for me was I reckon there were at least four, if not five, marking contests that Josh Weddle went for that he should have taken the mark and the ball fell to ground. And I mean, he's a kid and he's got a lot of work to do, but one or two of those sticks and it changes uh, changes things, especially in the quarters where um, your opposition's getting a run on we saw a lot of that last year and you just can't be fumbling you just can't be making mistakes in the defensive half when you're getting a four five six goal stretch kicked against you from an opposition club absolutely Weddle has a lot still uh, to learn you see the glimpses like his run and carry is unbelievable but he's still makes the wrong decisions at times. He spoils when he should mark uh, the ball. He goes for his marks when he should spoil. And he often just bombs away. He doesn't uh, lower his uh, eyes. There were a couple of really nice kicks there, but he has a lot to learn. Scrimshaw was the one who you touched on. was really uh, impressive. And with Frost, I know, of our lot of, I know a lot of our supporters, he makes them pull their uh, hair out. But he has spoken about it. He's going to play more of a lockdown role, which is important. So... It's going to have less of the ball, and I thought he played pretty well today. The backs today, I thought, didn't have much hope a lot of the game because our midfield was so comprehensively beaten at times, which is a worry because what we haven't touched on is I know we've got a lot of guys injured, but other than Amon and Bruce today, that was our best team for round one. The Bulldogs were without Bontempelli, Trelaw, Ed Richards, Bailey Dale, uh, English in the ruck as well. So, like, they had a lot more quality out than we did, um, and we got comprehensively beaten. Look, the Bulldogs are probably going to be pushed for a top eight side. I don't think they'll be a top four side. But, you know, they had a lot of key players out today, and it looked like they wanted it a lot more today. So, yeah, that was my key uh, takeout from the game. Okay, last one. Uh, I... I'm scared to think about what Tim English is going to do to us when he plays against us. How do you think Reeves and Meek, that combination, went and and how they look today? Reeves, I thought, was serviceable. He came up against Sam Darcy quite a lot of the game. And, like, he, Reeves went forward and he kicked a goal. He's still not fit enough. He lumbers around uh, the ground. He doesn't get to enough uh, contests. He took a couple of marks on the wing, which was okay. But again, uh, Tim English didn't play. Last season, Reeves' 
best game of the year, I must admit, was against Tim English at uh, Marvel Stadium. But today, you know, he was serviceable. Lloyd Meek did a few nice things. He He's big and strong, but we can't play two in the ruck. So I just I can't see Reeves and Meek working as a combo. We've spoken about this. I think Chol's going to have to play that second ruck uh, role. Um, but... Again, Reeves has played less than 40 games, so we do still have to give him more time, but he still has to work a lot more on his tank. I think he's got a long, long way to go. His uh, tap work is really, really good, but when you're seven foot tall, you'd hope that your tap work is uh, going to be uh, pretty good. You're going to win most of the hitouts. So he still does have to work on his craft around uh, the ground, but uh, hopefully that'll come with another 20 to 30 games. Yeah, the hitouts just has to be his bread and butter. It's everything else he needs to bring into his game. Last one, um, Will Day was on the radio today and uh, not necessarily filling me with confidence when he said he'll definitely be playing before the you know in the well into the first half of the season. Um, that that says to me we're closer to round eight to ten as opposed to four to six. You saw him today. What were your impressions having seen him at the ground? Yeah, I was sitting in front of all of the injured players. So uh, DGB was on his uh, crutches with his turf toe. Blanks uh, the same um, after having doing his uh, knee. But Will Day, yeah, looks miles off. He had his moon boot off, which was great. Uh, Paddy Malone. Broke that exclusive for us on uh, Hawks Insiders um, during uh, the week. Paddy, hello. But, yeah, Day is uh, limping still. I said when it happened and when Hawthorne put out the release and I copped a lot of flack, I said he will not be playing at a minimum the first four to five weeks. And I stick by that. I can't see him playing until the earliest round six. We know he's got a history of an ankle injury. He's a key part of our team the club are not going to rush him back so by the time he's ready to come back and play he's going to need to have a training block of at least you would think two to three weeks and then it's going to take him at least three to four weeks he's not going to come through box hill he's going to go straight into the seniors so we're not going to see the best of will day until around eight to ten at least so i think our supporters have to be patient there um but yeah, it looked like a casualty ward. Will McCabe was there uh, limping, obviously, during a couple of days ago. We found out he's got stress fractures um, in his back. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, Dylan Moore, I saw, he still doesn't look 100%. I know he's got glandular fever. Um, he's another one who's not going to play round one, probably not round two. Um, I know people have touched on he's been training, he's been uh, running, but glandular fever is a really uh, tricky one. You can feel great one week and then you can feel horrendous for four or five weeks. So they're going to have to manage that throughout the whole season, unfortunately. Um, so hopefully we see Dylan Moore back soon, but another one who's not going to be there round one. Oh, I think uh, the injury side of things are going to be a major talking point on Wednesday night on the spaces. Brad, thank you very much for your time as always. I think it's going to be a busy weekend for you on X. Thanks, Wacey. I'll be releasing my updated round one predicted uh, lineup. Um, so check that out on X, and then we'll do it again after next week's game down in Tassie, which will hopefully be uh, more of a you know proper match sim in the lead up to round one. I thought today was more closer to a training drill at times. 
Thanks, Brad. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and also to everyone who's purchased a ticket for our live panel show on the 13th of March. We're really grateful. Thank you very much. We're sold out. We'll have 150 people in the room. It's really exciting. We can't wait to be there with you. Uh, if you really wanted tickets but missed out, shoot us through a DM. We might be able to organise something. Um, but thanks again, everyone, for listening. Have a great weekend and thanks for your support of Hawks Insiders. This was another Hawks Insiders production. Make sure to subscribe to our Substack for wall-to-wall Hawthorne Footy Club coverage.